So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for that message to the prophet Haggai that we read earlier on. Uh, we give careful thought to your ways. And thank you for the, these words in 2 Corinthians that we're going to unpack today. Uh, we pray that you will speak to, them, to us through them. In Jesus' name. Amen. In our second reading today, then, Paul's about to send three Christian leaders to Corinth. Uh, and we're going to unpack that together. So do turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 8, uh, starting at verse 16. And we're going to continue our series on stewardship uh, on page 1342. The people he's about to send are Titus, the first one, who's uh, worked with Paul in various of the churches that Paul's been planting around the Mediterranean. Then uh, somebody unnamed uh, uh, is described in verses 18 and 19. And people think, some people think that might be Luke because of the way he's described in verse 19 about accompanying us and so on. And we know that uh, Luke did that with Paul, but we are never know for sure. But uh, that might have been Luke. And then there was a third person also unnamed, described in verse 22. So there's three guys coming to Corinth. This morning, I want to make three points uh, from the passage. They're not linked to one for each of the three people or anything like that, uh, but they are all about stewardship and dealing with money, which is our focus this month. The first point is about character and what's important for a Christian. Uh, that, yeah, it's true when we deal with money, it's true in lots of other ways as well. Lots of all the other aspects of ministry and Christian life, character is important. The second point is about integrity, why it's important, and some of the ways uh, we show it in practice. And the third point is about generosity and our attitude to giving. So let's unpack character. First point. Something, something coming up, the next slide coming up, I hope, well, never mind, imagine it. Um, the New Testament descriptions of uh, what it is, what's required of Christian leaders, doesn't start by saying, oh, they need to be a really good preacher, or they need to play the guitar, or any of those things. It doesn't start talking about specific gifts. They always start thinking about character, things that matter in people who are going to lead for, on behalf of the church. And the starting point in all these lists is the same, so it's character. In today's list, then uh, Paul mentions six aspects of the character of these three guys that he's going to send uh, to Corinth. Verse 16, he talks about their concern for others. Verse 18, he talks about their service to the gospel. Have they been captured, captivated by the wonderful good news of Jesus and sharing it with others? Uh, the third thing, verse 22, we talked about having proved oneself zealous. What? That's an interesting word. Um, nowadays, if we were writing up a job description or something like that, we'd, or a person's back for a job, we'd probably say something like they need to have a good track record to approve themselves. And the next one, also in modern speak, we might use the word team player. 
or something like that. But uh, Paul says, talks about having worked alongside others in verse 23. And then he goes on, he talks about being representative of the churches, being, being uh, selected to represent the church to the outside world. And then the most important thing really is that last one he mentions, bringing honour to Christ. Verse 23. Sometimes we sing the song, don't we? Jesus is the name we honour. We want everything we do and everything we are to be about bringing honour to Christ. So whether we're thinking about stewardship or any other aspect of following Jesus, then these things, which are all about character, character first, are, are the starting point. And we could sum... I guess we could sum up that list of six things like this. Honouring Jesus, I know uh, Russell's grimacing because he can see it's from an American origin because there's no U in the word honouring, but it's a nice picture, so well, well, we're well forgiven that. Uh, honouring Jesus and serving others. It's a good summary of Christian character. It comes up in lots of different ways. Um, for me, I've had, had quite a few reminders of this this year, because um, the year 2020 is five and a bit weeks old. I've already taken five funerals this year, four church members and one from the football club. And uh, in a funeral, I've always got two aims. And they're to do these things, to honor God and honor the deceased, to serve the family of the person who's died. That's that's what, you know, that, you think, oh, that's just funerals. But in all sorts of different things in life, that's a good summary of what we're about. Honouring Jesus and serving others. You, know, you might have picked that up in what I was uh, fumblingly trying to say with the, with the kids this morning. Jesus, of course, said something very similar to that, didn't he? When he was asked to spell out the greatest command, that's when he said, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. And uh, so there's a lot here about character. And so my first point is all about character. The second one is this. In some ways, integrity is an aspect of character. But Paul spends a couple of verses spelling out why it's vital in dealing with money. Let me read verse 20 and 21. He says, We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we're taking pains to do what's right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. For example, that's why we do things like, whenever there's a collection, whether it's the one that's in the box uh, during the service, or when there's some you know, people paying their, their subs for sun seekers or whatever, whatever it might be, where we always have collections counted by more than one person. If you've been around here after the service, you'll see people over over there um, uh, doing, doing some of the counting. And it's not that one person on their own couldn't be trusted. After all, God's watching and he's the most important person. But verse 21 says appearances are important too and uh, it's, it's always good that on the, the little chip, little chip that, that goes inside the envelope with any money that's ever taken or anything it's always got space for two signatures 
two people, it needs to be signed and countersigned, and people agree that the collection is X much. And, oh, you know, it's appearances, but it's also things like our auditors always comment on it, that, 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 that those are the kind of things they want to see that are done. And it's always good that it's done out in the open here. It's not secret either. So integrity. And here, here's another thing about integrity. Uh, sometimes, uh, this is relevant to me, actually, uh, when I'm coming back to the funerals, I've taken quite a few funerals, as I said recently, I always make... Funeral directors all, should, they should always get the answer, really, from me, because they, they're used to dealing with me, and I'm never going to say make it payable to David Price. Funeral directors would quite happily do that, uh, but I, I always say uh, make it payable to the PCC of St. John's, because then there's no, no question of, about whether or not I'm handing on to the, uh, the PCC of St. John's or anything like that. Paul, when he's writing these letters, is saying integrity in the way we handle finances and in all sorts of other things aren't really important. Actually, I'll, I'll say something else. I'll, I'll step aside here. Um, occasionally, uh, it doesn't happen often, but occasionally, uh, I'm out and about and somebody will say, oh, I want to give you some money for the church or something like that. And I'll always, if they should hand me a ten, ten pound note or something, always go in my left pocket and I'll explain to them what I'm doing. I'm putting it in my left pocket. Because um, the little rule I have for myself is that um, even if I forget who, who did what, if anything that's in this pocket belongs to the church. I mean, some of you know that I always keep my little cross at the church. That's, that's mine. But, um, but I'm not going to confuse that with some money. But um, it's just a, a really good reminder to have those little things to think ahead of time about how you might act, and I usually explain to people what I'm, what I'm doing, and uh, so even if I forget, money ends up with the church. People will notice these kinds of things. Actually, they might not share our faith, but they do want to see that we're people of integrity in the church. And so that's the second point about integrity. The third of my three is this one. And it's about generosity. It's a very similar picture in some ways to one of the ones we had last week. 2 Corinthians 9 that we're coming on to next week. Uh, next week we'll unpack most of the chapter. And it's all about generosity, actually. But for today, we just, uh, David just read the first few verses of the chapter uh, with, uh, with chapter 8 as well. And uh, I just want to know what Paul says about eagerness in verse 2 uh, the Christians in Corinth they haven't, they're, not, they're not sort of made to give with arms or arms you hand up out the back or anything like that there's, there's no, there's no um, heavy business going on they're eager to give something of the practicalities Look at verse 3 and 4 uh, he's sending those three guys I mentioned ahead of time to just organize the practicalities of taking the collection because they'd already uh, you know, pledged what they were going to do with that but um, he was just sending them to organize the practicalities and then the last thing the most important thing in a way is it's generous verse 5 he says it twice actually in verse 5 look at it I'll just read it um, 
So I thought it necessary to urge your brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. It's not as one grudgingly given. Uh, I've got a couple of Mr. Men here. I love Roger Hargreaves, Mr. Men. Um, and uh, there are two here. And I guess for, for a lot of Christians, we change, don't we, over the time, in our attitude to, over, over the years, in our attitude to giving. On the left there, that's, anyone know who that is? That's Mr. Grumpy on the left, okay? He's always got a frown and he's, he's got a square and stuff like that. On my right, that's Mr. Cheerful. Okay, and there's a little arrow just going left to right because I think in my attitude to giving, uh, I probably started off a bit on the left-hand side. Uh, what should I do that when I first became a Christian? To thinking, well, actually, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm really pleased to give things away, and it's it's, it's a good way to to bless others. Many Christians uh, find find that find the same thing that as they mature in faith, and there's something, there's a change process in go, going on in them. They become a bit less like Mr. Grumpy on the left, and a bit more like Mr. Cheerful on the right. And uh, yeah, giving just one of the little aspects that that happens. Last week I referred to the second chapter of Philippians, and we're going to have it in a, in a minute as our affirmation of faith. I'm going to read it again uh, at, at the end when we have our blessing. And uh, so oh, I want to finish today also with thinking something about Philippians 2 and about how Jesus is the heart of everything. So let's end with this. We've seen three things about giving, haven't we? We've seen, we've seen that, uh, well, we've seen about, about, about the aspects of different stewardship. It's, it's, it's uh, something about character, and then there's something about specific ways of integrity with things, financial, and then there's things about generosity. But it all comes down to this. Uh, it's, a, it's a verse we actually read in last week's chunk of chapter 8, and I'll read it now. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. That's not about money, of course. Jesus did that uh, with his whole being. He came for us and he poured himself out for us. Jesus was rich in heaven, but he was willing to let go of that, come to earth for us and die. For us, that's amazing good news. That's the gospel, and that's the wonderful core of what Jesus does. I talked last week, didn't I, about how uh, that's like chucking a rock into some water, and then the little ripples kind of go out from the rock in the water. The rock has already been dropped into the water for us. Jesus did that. So let us enjoy being part of the ripples that flow out in all sorts of ways. Stewardship and loads of others too. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the truth uh, wrapped up in this art. It should be the same as Christ Jesus because he, uh, though he was rich, he became poor, all for us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're sorry for the times when we've been uh, maybe too much like, I know, Mr. Grumpy on the left or not enough like Mr. Cheerful on the right or whatever it might be. Lord, we pray that where we've held things tightly, we pray that, uh, like the people Haggai spoke to, uh, we'll use our resources as you would have us do. They'd spent on themselves, but they'd forgotten. Uh, they'd forgotten you, and they need him to remind them, give careful thought to your ways. So we pray, please, that you will remind us of... Uh, things in our ways that uh, ought to change. We, we thank you for your great love for us and we pray that that will ripple out in many ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now for our next song we're going to stay seated because I want us to sing this prayerfully. Uh, the song is Purify My Heart. They're saying, God, get to work within. <laughs>